Hi everyone, welcome back to our little green pasture. How are you guys doing today? Or tonight, I guess it just depends on whenever you're listening to it or watching it, depending on if you're watching or listening on podcasts. But either way, I'm glad you're here. Praise the Lord. This is always a good time, isn't it, when we can stop for a few minutes and just open our ears to hear what the Lord is saying, right? Whosoever has an ear, let him hear. Before I get started, I want to really thank everybody from my heart for all the prayers that everybody has been so faithfully praying for. I, you know, I know it's just me, but there's the greater than he that is in me, than he that's in the world. And I'm only a servant, a servant of Jesus Christ and your friend and your sister. And it means everything to me to have your prayers because prayer is the power behind all work that any of us can do. No matter what you're doing in your life, prayer is power behind everything. Believing prayer, steadfast faith prayer, prayer where you stand up every morning and when you put your feet on the ground, you're determining it in your heart that your faith is going to be in what the Lord has for that day and the challenges that it faces. But let everything be by prayer, everything, not just Lord uh, just, you know, because I think we so categorically pray about certain things, but I think when we really look at the whole, whole round life of a believer, it's to pray, you know, and I think a lot of times I want to, uh, I've been wanting to talk to you guys about what it means to pray for your own self, which is aside from what I'm going to be sharing with you today, but just on a quick note, um, I always pray for my own self first so I can have power and strength to pray for all of you and to pray for my family. And, you know, it's important. You know, the priest pray, you know, offered first for themselves, then for their families in the Old Testament. Then they were, then they went and they did and they offered up for all the people. So I highly encourage you, please pray for yourself. Many of you have pro a problem with that. A lot of people say, I don't know. I just feel so guilty. Like I shouldn't be asking God for anything. And it's, I say you better be asking God for everything that you will need to serve him and to return it back to him. Look, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So I encourage you pray for yourself because that's where you find you will get spent fast. When you're trying to pray for so many people and so many things, it's a guarantee you're going to wear yourself out in prayer. So do you understand? I'm not saying there has to be every single time you pray, but I pretty much do that every morning where before I even start burning rubber and praying for, you know, people that I love, people that are sick, people that are challenged in terrible trials. You better believe that I need the power and the strength for my own self first to cleanse myself before the Lord and to ask him to search me and try me. See if there's anything in me. I don't want anything between him and I. I don't want anything blocking me and him. And so do you see the importance that we need to be clean before the Lord? You know, in the word it says, um, who shall ascend? Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall expect to receive the goodness of the Lord and righteousness of his salvation. 
And so there are conditions, you know, and if you really want your prayers answered, don't rush into the throne room of God. Go in softly unless it's an emergency. Spend time thanking God. Spend time and do it. Do it really. Just give yourself over to thanking. And because truly think of the many things you are and should be thankful for. Not everything's perfect. Nobody has a perfect life. There's no such a thing as a perfect life. But the Lord will perfect that which concerns you. So please pray for yourself. Ask God, Lord, give me strength today to do your will. I pray that you prosper me in the things, Lord God, that I will be doing today. I commit all into your hands. Strengthen me. Give me fortification of my spirit. Pray that. I notice that when I do that, I reach some kind of a measurement where I feel now I'm released. And now when I'm praying for this brother or this sister, now I'm receiving an inspiration, a move of the Holy Spirit per person and per thing. And plus, on top of that, my ear, my inner ear is open to him. I could sense what he's telling me, uh, certain things I could, I could hear it within. So I'm going to leave that with you because I felt that was important because there's a lot of people that need to hear that you must pray for yourself and strengthen yourself in order to pray for others. Okay, so um, I'm going to pray and then I'm going to get started. Okay, praise the Lord. Father in heaven, I thank you yet for another beautiful day. A day that I can proclaim the name of the Lord, that the Lord, the Lord, he is good. Long-suffering, patient, faithful, kind ever-present, ever-ready, our Savior, our protector, our best friend. Lord, I ask that you help me today. Lord, that you help me today to speak your words. That, Lord Jesus, that you will be the source of life in this message. That it will be full of your life. I, Lord, I just ask you to go before me now and that, Lord, now I commit this, this time, this word into your hands. I'll follow you and bless everybody that's listening. And I will wait on you as I speak in Jesus name. Amen. You know, I was thinking about a scripture I came across. Many years ago in my life, you know, many of you I've told that I've had a terrible life, but Jesus was always in it. But there was one day I came across a scripture and it came to my mind just this morning. And it's in Psalm 2710. And it says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. You know, I, I went around for a couple of hours and I even ran to the grocery store. And I was thinking, even at the grocery store, the Lord will take me up. And as I was going along and doing things, because you know how you could just be working and doing things. You've got to get stuff done around the house. I felt the Holy Spirit building it up in me. And I kept seeing, then the Lord will take me up. The Lord will take me up. 
But I remember there was about after I got uh, married to Jonathan and things were calming down in my life and I was healing and God was refreshing my soul. There was one day I was making the bed and I was reminiscing about all the terrible things I had gone through since my childhood. And then I remembered the day, which was years before that day, that I saw that scripture and I said, yes, Lord, my mother and my father did forsake me, though they're forgiven. I said, but you took me up and I'll never forget the day you blazed your light from heaven upon that word to me, like it was written in light. And then it was carved upon my heart and I felt your great and deep love for me. And I was thinking about all the things that the Lord had done to take me up, that he didn't just, you know, and I'm gonna talk about being taking up. And I, and I was, my heart was just filling up, you know, with all the thoughts and memories and remembering the Lord and the things he took up of my life and restored me and healed me. And I heard him say in my heart, because, well, let me stop right there, because I was saying it in a sense where it was like, thank you so much. Like he was like he had did what he did and now he went off. Right. That's how it felt like I was thinking, like, thank you for what you did for me and remembering what he did. And that, I guess, you know, and, and thank you for what you did. But I heard him within say, when I take up a person, I take them up for the rest of their life. There's no orphan. You know, and many times our parents were not dead and didn't die in our youth. They orphaned us. And I want to make a side note here. You know, I think of my mom and my dad and I, I you know, looking back now as a healed person, I just saw two I see two love-starved, abused children who married each other to get uh, for love. They were love-starved. And so because they were so broken on both sides, they didn't have to give it to each other. And so then they took it out on each other. And then consequently, they took it out on us. And of course, there's so much forgiveness because I understand. And my beautiful mother is born again. And she's very old now. And I just love her so much and enjoy her. So I want to be you to be clear uh, with me when I'm saying these things because I honor my father and my mother. And of course, my dad had gone home to be with the Lord. He did get saved at the end of his life. So amen, he's with the Lord. So let me get back on track here. But there was a long-term forsaking of me and it was rough. But when I remember those words that the Lord said to me, when I take somebody up, I take them up for the rest of their life. So today I'm thinking about it again. And then I started, like I said in the beginning, as I was talking to you about what does it mean to be taken up? You know, the Holy Spirit started to like blossom like a flower that was just opening up petal by petal, like just beautifully. And it was like when he takes you up, it's not. It's not just that he takes up your life because that's just one sentence and it seems so like, okay, when my father and my mother forsake me, then there's a then the Lord will take me up. And it's such a small verse, but it's chocked full. You know, when David wrote that, his parents were long dead, most likely. 
um, according to uh, my studies. But he was using that as a term of because who, you know, we we see that apparently he had a good mother and father, but he used it in terms of like the last people that will forsake you will be your parents. So he's using that in terms of like the closest, most supposed to be closest, most protective, most trusted thing breaks in your life. And you're forsaken of it. He That could be a best friend. It could be your spouse. It could be a sibling. But they can forsake you. And when you find yourself forsaken, and you find yourself that you are forsaken in a place where you can no longer take care of yourself, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, I think if even somebody, you've moved into a new town, you thought it would work out and everything went wrong. You feel forsaken by the town you moved into. You're forsaken by family members who don't want to help you. You're forsaken financially. You're forsaken emotionally because you're all alone and you, you're just in a terrible situation. Then the Lord will take you up, but he not, won't just take you up. He'll take up everything that concerns you. He'll take up everything because look, the Lord wants you to prosper. The world doesn't care if you prosper. Satan clearly doesn't want you to prosper. People around you mostly are all not born again. I'm not saying everybody's evil, but everybody's living their own life and concerned about their own life. And maybe a couple of people care if you prosper, but not like God. God cares about you. He wants you to grow up and be strong and be healthy. And he wants you to prosper in every way. Now, that might sound utopian because some people will say, and I know people who are bedridden, people that are just, you know, in terrible situations, but still there is a heart of love in God towards God where they say, even in this condition, and though it's so hard, I'm still trusting in the Lord. And there's such a reciprocation in that. It's not like we have to do something. But I think that when we have something in our life or someone or a situation that has left us forsaken, something we trusted in, something we never thought could ever happen to us, the Lord will take you up and he will take up everything around you, everything that you are going to need. And, you know, let me just pause right there because yesterday, let me just sticky note that, okay? Yesterday, I went to a memorial. A very dear old friend of mine, her brother, um, he went to bed one night and he passed away and went home to be with the Lord. And that was that. I heard he had a smile on his face when they found him. So that's a good thing. I think he was seeing something of the Lord as he was transitioning out of his body. That's just my thoughts. And so yesterday, I saw all of his family, his brothers, brothers, brother and sisters, his mother, his nieces and nephews, friends and family. They were all there for him. And I gave a little word and I talked about heaven. 
And as I was talking about heaven, I was telling everybody, heaven is a very real place. And I began to just speak to them about the transientness of this life, that there is another world that we're headed into. And all their faces were just looking and they looked like little children. I think a lot of them, maybe not a lot, but some probably, or maybe most people don't really think about that, right? They're just in their life. But I want to talk about the transience of time. Transient. Am I saying it right? <laughs> of time. Um, this world is always going to be a forsaken place. And everybody is grabbing at something and they want it and they're striving for it. And we're all trying to make a living and we're all trying to pay our bills. But I want to talk about the Lord taking up what we cannot do for ourselves, even our very life. And as I was preparing for this message, that word came into my mind from Job 1, 20 through 22. It says, then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, naked came I forth out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither." The Lord gave and the Lord taketh, hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. You know, he suffered the loss of 10 children all at once. The loss of blessed servants. The loss of most of his cattle. The loss of the respect of his household servants who wouldn't even come to him when he called. Um, his breath was strange to his wife, meaning she there was no meaning, there was no intimacy at all anymore. She she even said, Why don't you curse God and die? She separated herself from him and he felt him he was all alone and he was full of boils and devastation and great loss. You know, he said, Naked came I forth out of my mother's womb and to the will I return. But he says the Lord, his, his end word was, you know, at the beginning was the Lord get, gave the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the Lord, but the Lord took up Job's lament. He took up everything Job said, even though there was a couple of faltering places, but he was human. Okay. And I think to myself, We're moving through this world and everything we have has been given to us, but it's temporary. We live in a temporary materialistic world. And when we really look to the Lord and we humble ourselves under his mighty hand, then there will be lifting up. You know, I would even go as far as saying, yes, your father and your mother or the world, your friends, your family, your business, everything can forsake you. But you know what? I thought to myself even further, Lord, I want you to take me up anyway. I want you, I, I encourage you to say that to the Lord. Lord, take me up. Take up those things that concern me. Take up the things I have no power over to change. Take up my very life. Take up every thought. Take up every tear. 
Take up the way that I take. Take up the coming week. Take up the challenges that are coming that I don't even know that are coming. Lord, take me up. Because you see, again, when he took Job up, he took Job up even in his trial. And at the end, it even says in the book of James, we have seen the end of the Lord that he is very, uh, we have seen the end of the Lord concerning Job, that he was very uh, pitiful and of tender mercy. See, the end of the righteous is blessed. And so Job said, the Lord gave, the Lord taketh away, and he blessed his name. You know why I believe he blessed his name? He blessed his name because he knew God. He, he knew God to the extent that he can know him on this side of the trial. He didn't know, he got to know him even more during the just the wrath of what was come down upon him. And even the men mocking him. I'll tell you something. When the Lord take, took him up, he's going to take you up just like he took Job up. Though it didn't look like him. You know, in the end of Job's trial, he said, or after God had spoken to him and really talked to him about the creation and who God, who he was, who he, God was to him. And I mean, it's magnificent. And that's, I think, chapter 33 uh, through 38. He talks about his entire creation. Where were you, Job? When I set the foundations of the earth, where were you when I laid the beams of the chambers and the seas? Where were you? And he just goes on and on and on. And at the end, Job says, um, I have heard I had heard of thee with the hearing of the ear, but now doth mine eye see thee, and I abhor myself, and I repent in dust and in ashes. You know. A lot of times we're not going to see what God needs us to see. And it happens in the darkness. We see in the darkness. Our faith grows in the darkness. That's where the Lord takes us up when all is dark. But you know what? When all is dark, David says, when all is dark, when I sit down in the darkness, <clears throat> <clears throat> his light is all around me because darkness and light are both alike to him. You know, in first Timothy, Paul said to him that godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. You know, yesterday again, I was at that memorial and that man, he took only the soul was the only thing that left. And I'm sure his loving family were happy to have his things that were left of his that were personal effects because it was a piece of him but he went on into glory he went into the kingdom of God and that's why he was sure he was smiling and I just feel such a sense today to tell someone out there I just feel so strongly you feel that you have been forsaken you feel that you have been forsaken by maybe somebody has forsaken you um, you've been forsaken you can't find a job that you that you can stay at um your family has forsaken you but christ has not forsaken you jesus christ will never forsake you the lord will take you up and he will take you up for the rest of your life 
you know, I was looking at Psalm 90, uh, the song of Moses. Moses prayed for knowledge and a good, sensible experience of God's good providence. And he prayed this prayer. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you should read it. But it's so beautiful. He says, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in every generation. Notice he didn't say, Lord, um, uh, Kadesh Barnea was our dwelling place. Um, uh, Kirjath Arnim was our dwelling place. He said, no, Lord, because all those 40 years and 40 more. Well, he didn't even go to the next 40, but it said for 40 years. He said, Lord, thou has been our dwelling place. See, when you make Christ your dwelling place, that's what happens. That's how you live in this world. When you make Christ your dwelling place, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, I live here in this house, this little apartment in this little town. But you know what? The Lord is my dwelling place. I live in Christ and Christ liveth in me. And he goes on to say, before the mountains were brought forth or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. I love that because when you live in God, you're living in the, in the indestructible God. When you make God your dwelling place, you can say, okay, you know what? My mother and my father, my husband, my wife, my children, my boss, the people at work, my neighbors, this town has forsaken me. But the Lord has taken me up. And the Lord is my dwelling place. And he'll be my dwelling place in every decade of my life. Because I have put my life in his life. And he is from everlasting and will go to everlasting. See, when you begin to really understand and see that Christ, when he died for you, and he went to heaven and sent his Holy Spirit to live in you, he dwells in you, the very God of heaven and earth, God, the Father, God, the Son, and his spirit, their spirit, the three in one, the one in three. They live in you by virtue of the Holy Spirit. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And not just the coming glory that we're looking to, but that we can live in the glory of Christ. That we can realize that wherever we are, Christ has taken us up. You know why? Because Christ took up his cross and he didn't look back. And he went upon that cross and he died and paid our sin debt in full. And he rent the, in his veil, the veil of his body was rent. And the veil was torn in two from top to bottom in the temple, signifying an open way. And now we have access with boldness. And don't think you live apart from Christ. If you truly, truly have been born again, regenerated, Christ lives in you. The Father dwells in you by virtue of the Holy Spirit. And they, he, God, wants you to know that he is your dwelling place. The one from everlasting to everlasting. You know, he goes on to say, 
Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return ye children of men, for a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday, when it is past, and is a as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away with the flood, they are as asleep in the morning. They are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourishes and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins, in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. You know, this life goes by pretty fast. And think about all the people who had made plans that they're going to build bigger houses. They're going to buy more. They're going to expand. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. But they are not ready for eternity. And yet they confess the Lord. But they've never, they never give thought to the fact that tomorrow may be the day they fly away. In the Old Testament, they spent their days. They This is for all our days are passed away in thy wrath because Christ had not been born yet and revealed, but Christ has died for us and he has taken up the cross and he took us up at that cross with him and died for us. And now we take up our cross daily and follow after him. And we know that the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But what is that to a true believer? Because we can we bow before the Lord and we kiss his hand that gives us everything. And, you know, I feel, and I say this in an incredibly humbly way. I have suffered the loss of everything. Some things, no, thank God. But I remember I've suffered the loss of everything a couple of different times three times and maybe all along but you know what it did something to me i i hope to not lose any more but if something should happen to me you know or you that we should be able to say lord the lord gives and we could be just like job uh, where we will, will arise and we'll tear our hearts and fall down upon the ground and and say, Lord, the Lord gives and the Lord you take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Because you know, this world is ending for every single person. One more day is another day closer to eternity for every single person. And that may seem depressing, like, come on, Joan, I don't want to think about it like that. But it's like, well, I'm not saying it in a negative way. I'm saying it in a way for you to put all of your trust in the one who says the day is thine. David said that the day is thine. The night also is thine. Thou hast made summer and winter. Thou hast set all the borders of the earth. He says the world is mine and the fullness of it. And you're his too. And yesterday when I was speaking to the people, I said, Jesus Christ is still that same carpenter. He's a finishing carpenter. He knows just how 
and he knows how to finish each one of our lives. If the rapture should tarry at any time and you, me, one of us, any of us, we can go at any time. If the Lord deems that he sees something in our life, that it's time for us to go. But you know what I say? Just always say, Lord, always be thankful for everything you have. And remember, if the Lord takes you up and he has taken us up forever. He'll take, he took us up, like I said, in the cross, but he will take you up again in a different kind of way. When you have nowhere to go, no one to turn to, nothing in hand, the Lord will take you up. He'll take up everything that concerns you. Remember the end of Job, that God was very pitiful and of tender mercies. And God restored Job and gave twice as much to him. Now, the Lord will do that same thing for you. Just rest in the Lord and be patient and be calm and take your very heart and put it in his very, very strong, loving hands. And he will take up for you just like he took up for me, just like he's taken up for everybody and all those that are in the kingdom of in, in the kingdom in heaven today. So I want to encourage you. When your father and your mother forsake you and fill in the blank, the Lord will take you up and ask him to even take you up anyway. Say, Lord, take me up now. Begin to do a mighty work in my life in every area of it. Make me who you want me to be. The Lord, take away what is not of you and the Lord, give unto me. Lord, what you want me to have, do unto me as you will. I think that's a beautiful prayer. Make sure to pray that for yourself. And don't forget, pray for yourself because you need the strength. Prayer will strengthen you. Pray for yourself. Strength of mind, clarity of mind, strength of heart, strengthened with strength in your soul. And then put forth your hands and start to plow the field that God has entrusted you with. No matter where you are. And be faithful to him, even unto death. Amen. God bless you.